Welcome to the Force Dyad Podcast, a Star Wars-centric podcast which aims to connect us fans to our fandom. Each episode, we discuss recent shows, movies, and what's new in books, comics, and gaming. We share our favorite theories and touch on our collectible hobbies, all in an effort to connect the galaxy far, far away to our own. Welcome to the Force Dyad Podcast, Episode 4. Tonight we're going to cover Cornered and Rampage, and you've got Jedi John and Obi-Shawn sitting with you tonight. Hello there. How we doing? Oh, doing good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good to be back. Been off for a couple weeks now. No. Yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks. We've got weeks. a couple episodes to cover. Yep. Really excited. Coming off the Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Did you have a nice weekend? You know, I, I did. Um, traveled a little bit uh, with uh, kiddo and wife, and... Went to go play a volleyball tournament. My legs are sore. Too many jumps. I'm getting a little old. Uh, but yeah, it was a good tournament overall. Had a good time with the guys. Um, it was How's enjoyable. the shoulder? The shoulder's still intact. Uh, <laughs> it's still attached to my body. I thought I lost it at one point, but um, it was still attached. It just went numb. You know, normal stuff. Um, getting old sucks. So Yes. Yes, uh, it does. Every, every day you wake up and you're like, that didn't hurt yesterday. Why does it hurt today? Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Um yeah. Uh, what about your weekend? How was that? Oh, it was good. It was good. It was very relaxing. Um, I was on kid duty on Memorial Day since uh, my wife worked. Um, and I got to cut the grass, which is every adult male's favorite thing to do on the weekend. Did right? you get a nice beer afterwards? Um, I did. I did. I actually had uh, lining, I had some summer shandy in the, in the beer fridge out in the garage. And so uh, I did get to partake of the summer shandy. So nice. and, and obviously the weather... Uh, well, the weather this weekend here was was quite was quite pleasant. Had yeah, the wind, had the windows open. It was nice. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, uh, we went we went to uh, Louisville. 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 Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, got to see the city a little bit. Went to Fourth uh, Street Live for a night. That was a good time. Um, dude, my little uh, my little dude was just jamming out. Uh, we got there before it turned into club time, but it really quickly turned into club time without <laughs> us really noticing until it really went to club time. Did you have the baby headphones? We on? had the baby headphones Excellent. on. He was just chilling, totally cool with it. And then we left because, well, well it turned into a club. So uh, it's time to get kiddo home. And, you know, again, getting old sucks. So, um, And how about, how about so Louisville's, uh, well, Kentucky in general is known for its bourbon. Um, did you did you get to sample some of the local wares? Ah, uh, yes. Everywhere I went, I was like, "What local bourbons do you have?" Or sometimes beer, but yeah, uh, we did do the um, did do a couple. It was good. Uh, I did find on sale. Well, not on sale. I wouldn't call any of it. They on were sale. they were for sale. Uh, they were for sale. Um, but I did find a couple bourbons to bring home. Um, pretty excited to try those later. Uh, should be a good time. I one day we'll have to go to the bourbon trail. One day that would be amazing. I'll make it happen. Um, but we'll plug our socials here yeah. real quick before we get we'll into slam into the socials into the into the episode. So uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter <clears throat> at Force Dyad Pod, and then on Facebook and Instagram at Ford Force Dyad Podcast. Um, so yeah, come join us. Uh, I'm actually pretty active on Twitter, so if you want to come. You know, comment on on what you hear, or just make fun of me and how I sound. Feel free to, um, you know, follow us. It'll be fun, and uh, we'll get some banter going back and forth. Um, and you know, if you're if you're in the mood for something that isn't necessarily Star Wars centric and Marvel, DC, comics, uh, other pop culture is your thing, uh, why don't you hit up uh, our mothership, uh, Galactic Dads? Um, they're at Galactic Dads, pretty much on every everything every social media platform including the untapped app um where you can join in their escapades to quickly deliver uh, uh develop excuse me uh liver cancer um but it is a goal <laughs> it is a, it's a goal so but anyways no no the, the the podcast is great um they have a really good time over there um again galactic dads uh, on all your podcast platforms yeah it's a good time over there. They have a good time every cast. Um, so give them a listen yeah, if you've got some time. Uh, so for us, The Bad Batch, yes. um, episode four. Cornered. Cornered came out. Um, it was, it's now been a week and a half for mm-hmm. us to process that episode. And, well, you know, 
there wasn't a, a ton that happened mm-hmm. exactly in the episode. I guess for a recap real quick, um, we catch up with our team on on the ship, mm-hmm. uh, which is... The Havoc Marauder. The Havoc Marauder. We have a name yes. that we have found on uh, Wikipedia. And Thank maybe it's much. been there. We just we just now have discovered it. Who knows? It probably was, but yeah, <laughs> we found it finally. Exactly. So you're welcome, everybody. Um, but uh, we catch up to them. Uh, they're in hyperspace traveling between planets, trying to figure out where they're going to go. And Omega wants to go somewhere that she can see for the first time that's new that she can explore and they're like we're trying to lay low mm. but they're out of rations so, fuel and yeah. supplies fuel rations food supplies everything and they're not exactly being funded by the republic anymore and so they, they got to do it on their own and they don't have money either mm-hmm. so um they've got to figure stuff out so they pick a planet they land at the bay boy wrecker really tries to lay it on that guy he's like nope you don't need to check our id He's like, uh, you're right. I don't. I don't have to. And he's like, well, that great. That was easy. Nudge, nudge. And wink, then he's wink. like, um, you're gonna do something for me. It's almost like reminds me of uh, like Home Alone, the butler, like the the um, the luggage guy, uh, Rob Schneider, right? Oh, a home, just, oh, lost in New York. Yeah, he just yeah. puts his hand out. Starts <laughs> anytime now, anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wrecker's like, oh, we don't have that, so um. But uh, they decide to go out to earn some credits, and they uh, shoot. Where am I at now? Yeah, so um, they go into town. Hunter, uh, Hunter takes Omega. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, along and, with Echo, who is who is and Echo dressed up, who is dressed basically like a droid at this point. Um, yeah, it's like a big cyborg, and he's trying to sell a well, a, a bomb, an explosive mm-hmm. to uh, a, a, I guess you call a pawn shop of some some sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "Oh, I, I don't want that. Like in the black market, yeah, that could sell for that, but I don't, I don't do that kind of business." And then he notices Echo, who he just believes is a droid, because from the side that he was, saw him on, it's his um, robotic arm. Mm-hmm. So he really, truly did look just like a droid. And Hunter's like, "Oh yeah, he's military grade." Mm-hmm. And so um, at first, there's a there's a small discussion about you're really not going to sell me right now, are you? I mean, and when you think about Echo's past, he's been a slave of -hmm. some kind already. So probably not too keen on going back into that lifestyle. Uh, But Hunter just tells him, yeah, once I give you the signal, you can leave and don't even worry about it. So uh, he agrees, except he's like, I'm worth more than, (laughs) I'm worth more than two, two, 2000 credits. Mm -hmm. And so he tries to get four. They settle on three, call it a day. Good bargaining. Exactly. Unfortunately, during this bargaining, um, Omega, our curious child, has found something to follow. And so following it down the street, um, and be, even before that, like grabs the stormtrooper, mm-hmm. um, the clone trooper. The clone trooper stuffed animal. Stuffed animal. Or, or stuffed doll, yeah. whatever it was. Um, she travels down the street, runs into um, a familiar face to us. Uh, we'll get to that later, but this bounty, well, this person went unnamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were contacted by the landing strip, the landing platform attendant, um, and promised money already. Um, so um, they catch up to her. Oh, yeah, you can trust me. I can help you find your friends. Mm-hmm. And instead, they start walking the opposite way of the way she came. And um, as they're getting away, Hunter's tracking them, um, realizes that she's lost contacts wrecker who also comes to the assist, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, Hunter gets into a kind of a standoff moment mm-hmm. with uh, this mysterious person. And then um, Omega runs off after Hunter gets her free from um, the, the oh, well, it, we, we know it's a bounty hunter, so the bounty hunter. And then um, Wrecker's tracking Omega through the tunnel, I guess through the pipeline. Yeah, they, like the they end up meeting up in the sewer, basically, yeah. and... And there's a uh, yeah, there's a a fight that breaks out after Omega runs away, and and again the yeah. the, the bounty hunter uh, gets gets the best of Wrecker, which uh, is in, in this moment, <clears throat> which is surprising considering the um, physical disadvantage that the bounty hunter should have been at. But uh, she has the ta- she has the tactical advantage, and she I think does. you know it goes back to what we talked about last time with Wrecker being all brute strength and mm, limited intellect. Yes, and and how 
somewhat easy would be to overpower, out, out maneuver, out think, out strategize uh, someone like that. When we we're talking about who would we clone? Oh yeah, absolutely. So R- Wrecker would be a great physical specimen, mm-hmm. but uh, mentally just not quite up to par. Exactly. Um, so he gets a well, he gets it handed to him really, and uh, Omega makes her way up up top, finds herself basically looking down into. Um, I mean, looking off the off the ledge of a building, mm-hmm. she finds herself cornered. Crazy <laughs> name of the episode drop right there. Crazy. Oh, oh, they said it. It's just like in Family Guy. Oh, they said oh, it. They said it. They did it. <laughs> uh, uh, they get into a similar car chase to one that is reminiscent of episode three. I would say. Um, that's the one, right? Yeah. Episode nope. Three. Episode two. Episode two. Between, between Anakin, yeah. and Anakin and Obi-Wan. And I didn't Obi. know if you were talking about episode three of The Bad Batch or... Also. Or, <clears throat> well, because, yeah, you're right. Episode two with Anakin and Obi-Wan chasing down Zam yes. uh, through uh, Coruscant. Correct. Um, so you get the feeling of that again, mm-hmm. um, jumping between cars um, with... I mean, you're chasing somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. I mean, they crash. Go figure. Um, everyone's kind of separated. Fennec. Well, there it is. The bounty hunter gets separated. Name drop. Name drop. Fennec Shand. It's fine. Ming Na Wen. Um. And then we, uh, we, I mean, from there we move on back to the ship. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they get separated. Hunter gets away with Omega. Yep. Gets back to the ship. They get Wrecker back on board. Um. During all this time, um, the ship needed a lot of repairs. So, uh, Echo has broken out. He pulled the L3 mm-hmm. um, droid rebellion from the pawn shop. He's like, all right, boys, let's go to work. Took all the restraining bolts off. Little, He just handed them to the pawn shop owner and took off with the droids mm-hmm. and put them to work on the on the platform to get the ship back in order um, while tech was also scrambling their code, yep. uh, which is another reason they needed to land is because they needed to scramble their code um, for their ship so they weren't... Um, Notice, yeah, so they could, or, yeah, so they couldn't be tracked. They, yeah, exactly. They couldn't be tracked. So yeah, and then you close out the episode with them all back on board again. Nothing, really, nothing crazy happened in the episode. I mean, um, few Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, Fennec Shand showed up. Yep. Um, pretty cool stuff. We'll cover a little bit more about her in a little while. Um, Another Easter egg was the planet they were on, Pantora. Um, has the the planet itself has been mentioned in passing uh, in previous previous media, but the first sort of visual of of the blue Pantorans is actually uh, George Lucas in uh, Revenge of the Sith. He plays one of them outside of Emperor pa- well uh, Chancellor Palpatine's uh, opera booth or or box suite at the opera. And so uh, that 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 little Easter egg is courtesy of uh, uh, TK three one seven eight eight of the five hundred first. Oh, there you um, go. So, but uh, but George Lucas actually uh, plays plays one of their char- or plays one of those people uh, from that planet. So that's a fun little Easter egg. Um, and then you talked about the the reminiscent or the similarities between the chase scene in episode two versus this episode. And if you listen to the speeder bike sounds. They they're almost ripped straight from that chase scene. The the engine sound, the 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 purr, the roar, whatever, sounds almost identical to the ship that Zam flies. Um, so it's it's again kind of a fun callback to to episode two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what would you give it for uh, you know a rating? rating? Goodness, not a lot happened. It was cool to see Fennec. I mean, we saw her in the trailers already, so we knew she was mm-hmm. going to show up eventually. Um, you know, I'd probably give it like a seven and a half. Nothing crazy happened this episode again. Uh, it, it's a good filler. It's setting up bigger things again, which um, any, everyone can appreciate with a, a good long season. I mean, 16 episodes is plenty of a season to set up bigger things for later on in the episode, later on in the series. So there's there's some time, um, and we're only... Well, now we're five in. We're about to cover episode mm-hmm. five, so we're five episodes in, one third of the way through, and yeah, I think um, it sets up some stuff. At the same time, we didn't get a lot of new information. I mean, we got to see Omega being curious again. We got to see a new character show up, and um, 
Yep, that, and they saved Omega. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, and they got some money for um, Echo getting sold, but then leaving. It's a bad deal. Yeah, bad deal for the bad batch. It, well, well worked, good it, deal for the bad it batch. Worked out for them. Yeah, not so much for the store owner. Um, <clears throat> yeah, seven and a half. Um, I would probably, I'm probably in that in that range. I might give it slightly, uh, slightly higher, just because of the action. Um, but yeah, maybe seven six, seven seven, something like that. Um, as as you alluded to, it was this episode's "What Does Omega Learn," and it was "Don't Talk to Strangers." And so it's very bad. <laughs> Whenever know, somebody says you can trust, you me. can trust me. You probably cannot trust them, especially if you j- literally just met them um, on the side of a street. So, um, you know, we talked about it the the last episode about how she's constantly learning things. And, and this week's, or this particular episode was, yeah, don't talk to strangers. Um, the introduction of who we will learn is Fennec was, was nice. Um, the action scene, the chase scene actually was really, really good. Um, it was, it was actually a really well done chase scene. And so that's the only reason I give it a slightly higher grade of like a seven, seven, six, seven, seven, something like that. Yeah. IMDB had a seven, seven. So we're right in there. Again, we're usually Ka-chow. pretty close. We're usually pretty close. Nailed it. Um, and I mean, you know, some of those comments on there, it's just, it's so interesting how some people are like, oh, that's a great episode. Then other people are like, hmm. And then, uh, I mean, one of them, their first question was, where was Clone Force 99? <laughs> because mm, yes, didn't get to see a ton of them that episode. That which, is true. You know, I mean, it's Omega focused, and we already said this from the beginning of the show that we thought that Omega was going to be the next um, character for young people to latch on to, much um, like Ahsoka, was. much like Ahsoka was. So uh, we kind of expected that we would get some very Omega centered um, episodes mm-hmm. uh, with the Bad Batch there. Um, I'm hoping we get bigger storylines with the Bad Batch, which. Um, I think it's coming. So, um, really, the only theories on this episode. Well, the big question is, yeah, who is, uh, who is Fennec? Who is number two? Yeah, who does number two work for? No, who is who is Fennec working for, uh, or who hired her? Um, because you know, at the end of the episode, she looks up, vowing to keep chasing them, and that's really all you know is is she's a bounty hunter, and she's been hired by somebody. To, to track down Omega. So so the big question is who? Um, I posted a really long tweet theory uh, on the Twitter page uh, last Tuesday, and um, I think maybe after episode five, it's kind of been trashed. Um, oh, maybe. But but anyways, if, if you haven't read it, first of all, go follow Force Diet Pod on Twitter. Um, but my big theory was that Cad Bane... That she's working for Cad Bane. Um, and I had this whole big, always sunny in Philadelphia, everything's connected conspiracy thing surrounding the fact that the last time we see Cad, or in canon, see Cad is helping to steal the plans for the Jedi Temple so that it can be bombed. This is in the Kanan comics. Uh, and that the, the plan is sort of thwarted. I mean, it's semi-successful, but the person who's carrying it out is stopped by none other than Deepa Balaba and initiate at the time, Caleb Doom. Uh, and it's after this interaction that Deepa takes Caleb as her Padawan. <clears throat> so that's the last time we see um, Cad Bane. And of course, we open Bad Batch with Deepa and Caleb, who they could have literally thrown Clone anyway. Force 99 anywhere in the galaxy and they chose to throw them here uh, with these two specific people um you know in the past we know cad to have worked with sidious he was actually part of the team that kidnapped the chancellor uh, which you know happened at the beginning of episode three in the movies and so and it would make sense that after jango uh, is is killed that cad becomes the number one bounty hunter and in the galaxy, basically. And so just like Django had kind of a, a uh, stable of bounty hunters that Cad would start to build out his as well. And so, and we also know that Fennec works for the Huts or has worked for the Huts and Cad works for the Huts. 
So the connection was, you know, that was my thought is, is how they bring back Cad Bane into, into the visual canon and, and maybe give him the smugglers or not smugglers, but like the bounty hunters mm, demise maybe in future seasons that we haven't seen yet. It was a good thread. There's a lot of string theory going on. Mm -hmm. I liked it. (laughs) These, this is connected here. This is connected there. And they're all one. Yes. Um, my theory on that was just very much more simple. Straightforward. Yeah, we learned in episode three that the Kaminoans wanted somebody back on the planet. And then the next episode, we have a bounty hunter hunting Omega. Mm-hmm. Who else knows about Omega? Being with the Bad Batch uh, specifically? No one. No one that we know of. I mean, the Empire might know. Um, or um, I believe you said earlier, like, or the person that commissioned them to make Omega. Mm-hmm. So... But even then, do they know that Omega's with Bad Batch? We don't know. They may know that Omega's missing. Uh, they could know that. So, granted, you just say, find my clone. Or find my... Find, find my, my asset. My asset, yeah. Um, the asset. Oh, boy. Everything's connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. And then, um, I mean, I really think that's it. There's no other um, people that we've met in the episodes so far or anyone that we would think that's showing up that we've maybe seen in anywhere else yet i mean it could be tarkin for the empire but i just don't know if he even knows who omega is really mm-hmm. versus just in passing as a medical assistant would have no idea what was going on but tarkin has been surprisingly um insightful so he may have known i was gonna say aloof well sometimes <laughs> so far I, I, he seems i, I mean He's come across as slightly aloof, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I think this episode purely is a, is an introduction to Fennec. Well, again, who we later find out to be Fennec. Although I think in the credits, she's actually named, even though she's not explicitly named in the episode. Uh, and the, I don't even think the subtitles name her yet, although I could be wrong. I didn't look at subtitles, but I know she was credited as... Um, Fennec Shand. Right. So, all right. Yeah, so that wraps up episode four. Yeah, super straightforward episode, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing too crazy going on. Um, episode five, Rampage. Yep. A little different story. We got a little more action. Um, I don't know. You want to break that one down? Yeah, sure. I'll do that. So we're on the hunt for, you know, who, who this bounty hunter is. Uh, and they go to... Uh, what is it? Ord? Man, t- no. They go to, uh, what's the planet they go to where they find? Anyways, the, Echo knows from his dealings with the Jedi that there is a specific informant that the Jedi had used for tracking. And so it was decided that they would go seek this person out. And for some reason, the planet escapes me, and maybe we'll figure that out later. But, uh, we get to this sort of billiard hall slash arcade and uh, we're looking for echo says we're looking for a person named Sid and um, there's only a handful of people in this place and the person they speak with says now nah, you got the wrong place you can go away and Omega using her childlike insight these air quotes there determines that the person they spoke with who looks a lot like mama from the dinosaurs uh tv show on abc a little bit she's uh, (laughs) she's a trandosian yeah i know i know who she is or what what species she is but basically uh determines that this this trandosian is is who they're looking for um so they go into this back room and basically uh, they're like hey we need to figure out who is tracking us and and who you know who hired them and so basically it's a quid pro quo hey you scratch my back i'll dig up some dirt on on who you're after and so sid instructs them to go um to a zagarian outpost or if they go to zagaria i'm not entirely sure but um we actually talked about this in our very first episode uh, where we broke down the trailer and one of the things i mentioned was the zagarian slavers that we see in the trailer and looks like we get to visit them in this episode and so w- all we know is that we're tracking down someone named Moochie. 
and, and that's all that's all that's known. They arrive at this planet. I believe it's Ord Mantel. Um, it's, Ord Mantel is correct. Yeah. It, yeah so th- so. I knew uh, you'd get there. I didn't want to give it to you. Okay. I, I, you know. So, anyways, so we're 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 tracking, presumably a a human or a humanoid type captive, um, and and so the Bad Batch are have spotted a a outpost and they find captives, and they find a young girl who they presume is is Moochie. Uh, they Hunter instructs Omega to stay with the ship, while the rest of them go. Uh, what was it? A smash and grab type sort of. Operation. Yeah, it, it was going to be real quick. That, that's like, that's what they thought. Echo, take the take the eagle's nest. We're going to go. Yep. So then uh, they're sort of well. Echo is attacked by giant dragony thing. I can't remember the name of those because uh, that's uh, that. I think they're named back in that again the slavers arc from the Clone Wars. But I, for the life of me, I don't know what it looks like or what the name of it is. Um, but anyways. <clears throat> Echo's attacked, the guys on the ground are attacked, and shortly after, they end up in shackles along with the rest of the captives. That would be uh, Brizak. It, uh, I was going to, oh, darn it, I was going to say Brizak. Anyways, so Echo's attacked by the Brizak, who is basically controlled by the master slaver Sagarian. Yeah, we don't, we, don't, we don't have his name, I don't think. Right. And so, um, and, and so Omega's left on the, on the, on the ship and the ship is searched and Omega happens to escape and tries to communicate with the guys on her comm link, which she was given at the beginning of the episode. She thought it was a cool toy. Echo was uh, made sure to tell her it wasn't a toy. And so uh, she, she realizes that she can't get a hold of any of them and she goes searching. Um, she ends up finding them and is going to attempt some sort of, rescue i guess uh she drops down into this cage only to find it um, snarling and while she gets captured um, she reveals that she's unlocked the cage and out pops a baby rancor or an adolescent rancor i think is what it's a teenage rancor it's going through its puberty uh pu- puberty phrase for the rancor and so while this is happening and everyone else is distracted they're like hey we're gonna get you out of here who they thought was Moochie, uh, was this, was this girl. And, uh, frantically they're told that isn't Moochie. Um, the rancor is Moochie and simple smash and grab, right? Simple, (laughs) right? Exactly. So, you know, this was a detail of course it left out. And, um, so the, the slavers need to recapture Moochie. The bad batch have to capture Moochie. There are fights. Their hunter takes on the, call him the master Zagarian at this point, and um, hunter and Tech chase after, or is, is it Echo? Hunter and Echo chase after Moochie. Oh, and, that's uh, Tech and Rekka. Yeah, Tech and Rekka uh, chase after, and and Tech basically explains to record that you have to face it. You have to basically out alpha. You got to be the alpha. You out alpha the the rancor, and so, and so the, you know, hunter gets the best of, uh, the, the, the Zagarian, and and hunter eventually wears down the rancor to the point where, they uh, they snag them or well, they can kind of capture her. We did get a really cool like. Godzilla versus King Kong moment, you know, like oh, that's true. I forgot about Rancor the Brazak on Brazak versus... just like taking on each other, and the Brazak did not. It did not have a good time. That's right. I did forget about that. It, it did. It did not have a good time. Good point. Um, so now we know Rancor, Rancor versus Brazak. Rancor, Rancor wins. Mm-hmm. And so um, now you know this is cut in with a mysterious person who contacts Sid, basically wanting to know whether. Where their um, package is, yeah, where, where the bounty where, is, I mean, yeah. and and so, uh, so yeah, so Wrecker overpowers or well outlasts Moochie, um, and they're able to effectively package her up and take her back 
take her back to, to Sid. And we get the, um, I guess, our second Easter egg um, of, of, of the episode with Bib Fortuna uh, entering Sid's uh, office, I guess. <clears throat> and so looking for, looking for the package, looking for the bounty. And as, as Sid tells him that, you know, they have, she has her best people on it. Omega comes riding. Well, Omega's riding the Rancor uh, down the street, basically. Yeah, they're now best friends. They they're BFFs, and so one one thing that I kind of glossed over was um, we we kind of learn where Omega gets her uh, or her bow. Yeah, she plays with the bow. Um, so it's a Zygarian bow, and it looks a lot like uh, the what would it be the Needler. Like it's it's like it shoots needlers from Halo. I, I did see some. I did see somebody post post something on on Twitter about that. Um, Ground loot's best, man. <laughs> Ground loot's the best. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So they ride the Rancor back in. Uh, Bib takes Bib takes Moochie off, and and it's revealed to us that the bounty hunter chasing them is Fennec Shand, and that um, we still don't know who has hired her. Surprise, surprise. But that we do know, we do learn that it's a direct commission, meaning that she was hired directly to to chase after Omega. So, um, you know, that's that's really all we learn, um, and it doesn't even really. And also that Sid can keep secrets. Right. Yeah. N- wink. Wink. Yeah. A little worried about that one. Uh, remember, you can trust her, right? We we just learned in the last episode that you cannot trust her, um, and so uh, I don't even think that it's. Aside from her saying we can, I can keep secrets. That's really how the episode ends. And so, um, at the beginning, th- there is another mention of Wrecker's head hurting. Yep, again. And so, it's definitely something to do with the inhibitor chip at this point. And I mean, every episode he takes a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last episode, we had Fennec Shand hitting him. I think the, she the, threw his head into the pipe. Yeah, and then oh. in this, uh, yeah, the hel- his helmet had to co- had came off that mm-hmm. time, and then this time, this episode, the Rancor and him go toe to toe, which honestly is freaking amazing. That the Brazak, no chance against this Rancor, but Wrecker, yep, stands a fight. It's just sheer brute force. Yeah, and they just punch at each other for. <laughs> they are exhausted at the end of that one too. Uh, I love that text. Just like, yep, losing this touch, mm-hmm. way too long. Um, so so yeah as far as the episode goes i mean uh, thoughts and opinions it's it's for the rating uh, yeah i mean i would probably give it it, it's fun for some fan service stuff as far as like having a baby rank or well a teenage rancor and seeing bit fortuna um but I, i i I don't know. I, I would probably give it a seven four or seven five. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I like the action a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I feel like we got more character details in this one. Um, so I mean, I'd give it, I'd give it an okay eight. I mean, really, just because the action was good, uh, you get to see a little bit more of again that curiosity from um, Omega, which we'll go into some of the um, details on that. Um, yeah i'd give it an eight uh imdb scored it seven six Mm. so um and since episode one we've been laying just under the that eight um for all the episodes Mm -hmm. so it's just i mean it's a good show and uh i look forward to another i look i look i look forward to it each week yeah i look forward to more i think the biggest thing for me is just that um and I think a lot of we've heard a lot about it online already this weekend and over the weekend that it just feels like um, it's fetch quest mm-hmm. after quest. This is definitely fetch quest. Yeah, I I mean it, it's tough not to see that in the writing. And they're like, we're just getting the Mandalorian over again. And I'm like, mm, oh yeah, save the asset, go on an adventure with the asset, but get, you all- get get captured and then get freed. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's it's one of those where, <clears throat> because you do have such a long season, you have to lay, you, you can't just go a million miles a minute. I mean, 
not to say that this is on par with Game of Thrones, but we saw what happened when you rush, <laughs> when you rush, yeah, up, you know, 10 different things and try and cram them into like six episodes. So because they have 16 episodes, they can stretch it. Now, that's going to be, that's going to mean some very slow episodes. Now, I thought episode two, uh, two, cut and run, I actually enjoyed that just because of the, the, broader messages that the episode has i feel like if they would introduce some of these overarching overarching messages of you know character growth and development along with the with the chasing down of this thing or that thing i think people would be more receptive to it but when it's just recycle not recycle i don't want to say recycled but it, we've seen this through two seasons of of the mandalorian yeah, I just I think that the this episode especially I feel like it gave us more than just the fetch quest. Like I feel like it gave us more character development and you get to see them palling around a little bit more like mm-hmm. um Omega got her comlink. Obviously, what does a kid do? It, you know what this reminded me of? Um that intro scene for the office when Jim's just sitting there like so the phone guy came in today. And showed Michael how to use the intercom. <laughs> and then he just left. Mm-hmm. He left. And then you should see Michael like <laughs> doing everything you could. Thank you for flying on uh Dunder Mifflin Air, like whatever it was. Like and uh it, it as soon as she got the com link. Hey, what does a kid do with a new toy, right? Yeah, they 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 immediately start playing with it and that's not a toy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it's just funny because um, even the comedy part of it, like they went to go find Sid and well, they got told no Sid here. And then they start hunters. You could tell like kind of frustrated, like, well, where else are any more contacts? Blah, blah. blah. And Omega's just sitting there like you're Sid. Mm-hmm. And then over the com link interrupts them. I found Sid. I found Sid. And then if you forgot any of their names while she was on that <laughs> ship, <laughs> I mean, she said them all, Hunter, Tick, Rekka, like all of them just went down the, down the list real quick. Um, and you're just like, oh man, but it was, uh, it was fun with the com link because it gave a little bit of comedy to the episode, but it also, again, it's almost like she's picking up pieces of her armor mm-hmm. as we move through this season. That's true. So like, and this, this episode, we got two pieces added in, right? We got her com link and then she picked up her weapon. Mm-hmm. Her weapon of choice. That's true. It's like it's like an RPG. We're just slowly leveling up our character. Yeah. And like you said, finding find the ground loot. And it, yeah, find the ground loot. And again, it goes back to and it, it still goes back to our original theory of is Omega Force sensitive. Mm-hmm. Either that, or she's got incredibly good. Or she's intuition, really psychic. Or she just she uh, reads people. I mean, we already know she reads people well, mm-hmm. whether that be force force sensitivity or just some other abilities. Um, similar to someone like Hunter, but Hunter didn't know. So it's something extra. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be force sensitivity. Um, but I, I mean, for me, it, it leans more towards that mm-hmm. because she picked her out immediately. Like, you're Sid. And then I love the thing, like, clearly the kid's in charge and Wrecker gives her the, gives high, her the little uh, high, five. Love, high five. I'm like, yeah. It's like the big a, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Just a cool moment. And that just shows you how she's integrating into the team um, at this point. So um, that was a cool moment. And then we're setting up more stuff. I mean, um, yeah, we, at the end of the episode, we see them like talk about Fennec again. And then we also got Bib Fortuna uh, again, voiced by Matthew Wood, um, who's done it all the time. We'll get back into him in uh, the next segment too. Um, But after that episode, really the theories that, we already have still play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still don't know who the bounty hunter or who the bounty, who Fennec Shan was hired by. And then I guess the, uh, the thing is now, I mean, we still got another head injury again. Mm-hmm. Like we still got him holding his head. And at some point it, it's going to break some point. I don't know when it's going to be. That, that's it's, what I'm curious about is what's going to trigger it. Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, you know, before we go into that, one of the things, and I guess this, you know, they do touch on the Zagarian's uh, business model, Odd which is slavery. slavery. Yeah. And what is, what is, what is, 
Omega learn about this week? She learns that some people treat other people as property. And, you know, and she already knows that's not right. Yeah, she, exactly. She realizes that she's like, that doesn't make any sense. And it's interesting because if you think about certain things, you know, well, I mean, we all know the history of slavers and stuff like that with, with Anakin and, and Shmi and stuff like that. <clears throat> but you can almost look at the clones themselves as in essence, a slave property. I mean, I mean, they are right. They're, they they're, get bought and paid for. They're bought and paid for. Right, and every single one of and them. And they're treated as totally expendable and given no value and that sort of stuff either. And you can tell in the way that Echo speaks versus some of the other guys. You know, Tech is very matter of fact, as expected, um, in how he explains stuff. But but Echo almost has this personal, um, this emotional response to it in the way that he speaks. To, and explains things to to Omega, and so I think, as a as a reg, right, where y- your job is to follow orders, and you really have nothing outside of being a soldier. I, I think if you look at it through that lens, too, that m- maybe Echo kind of I don't know if he realizes it or if he senses it, but it's but you can definitely tell that there's some sort of emotional, even though he's not physically enslaved right you know he's he has that sort of i think uh, also like when we met him in season seven i mean he was a captive mm -hmm. and now like you can say there's a lot of different definitions for slavery but i mean he was a slave Mm -hmm. just giving the separatist information on the clone against uh, against his will right yeah and so like um he firsthand experienced it so yeah there's there should be some emotional attachment still to that word and that lifestyle and um how wrong it is mm-hmm. so yeah and, and every clone that has an inhibitor chip that functioned reacted against their will basically in in carrying out their specific order so and we look at crosshair and the fact that he's being turned into this death machine basically who now we've gone two episodes without seeing mm-hmm. and i'm getting kind of mad well, isn't it three no, th- episode three was a replacement. Oh, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're cool. Yep. So, yeah, we've gone two episodes without seeing him. Um, and, and I want I want more of him because he's the dark side of the show. Like, I want to see that. Like, right. And but, call me call me black-hearted if you want, but, like, I want to see the dark side come out. Like, not necessarily dark side, but I, mean, I want to see the... Um, that's the wrong universe. I think he's DC, right? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, um, I made a joke. I made a, a crossover joke. Jeez. Gosh, somebody get some. Where's where's the denim? Yeah, I'm not playing that. No, sound. no, you're not. All right, fine, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, I want I want to see the darker side of the of the show, and I want to see more about the empire and its its upcoming, um, and what's going on. Like, we left Camino, and we don't. I mean, yes, we already know that they're going to try to move forward with the um, other sold like the volunteer soldiers and everything else for loyalty reasons and stuff. Uh, but I want to see more of it. I know we're supposed to be focused on Clone Force 99, but at the same point, I want to see more. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll just do a, a whole series. What are Tarkin. Ch- <laughs> oh, that would be that would be cool. That I'd watch it. I would watch that. I mean, I, I, you know, going back to who hired Fennec, the only other person, and I don't know if he would have any sort of sway in hiring anybody or pushing to get anybody hired, but Crosshair knows that omega is with them ah so the empire might know then i mean he he, he knows that. that they escaped and he knows the ship because it's his ship or you know not his ship but he was on the ship so it but would he have the resources to hire a bounty hunter i don't know but he may i mean we we know that he more or less snitched on hunter for not so taking his, care of his, caleb his report might be complete I, uh-huh. and so it's very possible that Tarkin, or again the Emperor, at this point has has hired the bounty hunter directly. Um, I don't know. It's just something where That's interesting. Yeah, where, I didn't think about where, that. Um, yeah, uh, Crosshair is the only one who would know who everyone is, as well as knowing that Omega was with them or a child. I don't know. If, well, yeah, because he knew her name. So, uh, but yeah, <clears throat> I, I think the way that they they touched on the whole slavery backdrop i think it 
it encapsulated it well enough for a children's show, you know, to kind of explain what was going on. But I think also if you if you look further into that that backstory with the clones in general, um, as well as if you think about think ahead to the sequel trilogy and the fact that they were conscripting children, basically stealing and taking children from and you know, not to say that the Jedi were immune from that as well, but the, you know, from a s- slavery in the Star Wars universe um, can can take on different can be seen through different lenses. Whether you look at it through the Jedi's lens of taking young children and training them, the Empire and the First Order by taking young, you know, we see it in Rebels taking young children to grow them in th- through the Empire. So it's like. It, 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 it Star Wars puts a strange, an interesting lens on on that particular topic. Yep. Okay. Well, that pretty much locks up the uh, theories for this week, right? We don't have anything else going on for theories, right? No, no more theories. So, so yeah, so we got a new segment to show you guys. Oh, really excited for this. I'm excited. He's one of my oldest friends. Yeah. So. Babu Frick, my oldest friend. So in this segment, we're going to break down uh, just a couple characters that either we meet in the episode um, or some episodes we won't have very much because, well, in some episodes we only meet one other person in some cases. So um, we're going to do our best to pick out a character that uh, we've seen somewhere else in the universe and we're going to break them down on what they what they did in the show specifically, which we already covered a little bit of. Um, and then where we catch up to them in a galaxy far, far away. Um, so this week we're going to cover from episode four. Um, well, Phoenix Shand showed up as a bounty hunter. Uh, we met her previously on the Mandalorian TV show in season two. And season one, we met her originally, sorry, but we last saw her in season two. Um, uh, during the season finale, we saw her with Boba again, um, announcing the book of Boba. The book of Boba. Uh, very excited uh, for that show to come out in December 2021. I thought that was I thought, oh yeah, right, because Mandalorian season got three it got pushed. Yes, That's it did. Right. Um, so um, first time we met her, uh, played by uh, Meng Na Wen. Um, uh, it was uh, in Mandalorian season one, while the Mandalorian was on Tatooine, helping out a fellow bounty hunter track down an assassin. Um, and immediately, uh, Mando knew, mm-hmm. uh, Din Djarin knew that, yeah, Fennec, no joke. If you're going after them, you're dead. Yeah. That she was like the premier assassin Yeah, in the galaxy. Well, one of them anyways, in the galaxy, he, she was well, her, her reputation certainly preceded her. Yeah. So naturally, um, Mando was in a situation where he needed cash, cash money. Quid pro quo. So, <laughs> so the Han Solo wannabe sitting in Han's seat. In the cantina. Yeah. In the same almost way of sitting with his foot up on the table. He really was. He was he was showing off. Exactly. I would have been doing the same thing. Totally. I don't even have to be in the show. I'll do the same thing right now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they agreed. Um, went after her. Uh, she got a few shots off on Mando. Um, but uh, Mando using some just tactical advantages um, with blinding lights and uh, against a night vision scope, basically. Um Got up to her and, uh, well, took her down. And then the bounty hunter, um, whose name has escaped me just now, which is just awesome. Oh, you mean the guy that he's working with? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, I did. It's funny because I actually looked this up last week on Wikipedia to try and get uh, background on on Fennec specifically, I don't remember. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, because it was in I, it, episode five. I think it was a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Toro Calican. That's that right, Toro. Uh, but um, he realizes that hey, she's not worth as much as Mando is, so I'm gonna go get Mando instead. What an idiot! <laughs> um, so uh, he actually ends up shooting Fennec, and then at the end of the episode, we hear the Spurs show up. <laughs> Um, and she was on her way to meet somebody, and I don't know if she was meeting Boba Fett or not. We never really got that answer if it was actually to meet Boba or if it was to meet someone else, but it was a bounty hunter coming to Boba. Um, could be. Mm-hmm. So Boba fixers are up. We catch up to her in season two. Um, they are following. They tracked Mando to us planet uh, so Boba could get his 
armor back. And then, uh, well, we all know the fight ensues. And then uh, Fennec is basically on Mando's side for the rest because mm-hmm. until they get the child back, their um, promise is not fulfilled. Well, that's the episode where Mando loses the Razor Crest, I think. Yeah, he lost everything <laughs> that episode. He had nothing left. Yeah. Um, except for a spear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and then uh, in the last couple episodes, we see them just do work together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fennec Shand, uh, at the end of the um, series sits on uh, Jabba's throne with uh, Boba. Well, she she almost takes drink. She almost takes Bibbs. Uh, she's she almost takes like Bib Fortuna's spot behind Boba as Boba sits on the throne. Ah, uh, yes. So yeah, and uh, speaking of Bib Fortuna, that is our other character from Episode Five. I was doing a quick dive on uh, Matthew Wood plays him again. He was the man in the fat suit. Mm-hmm. For her, for Bib Fortuna, for the final episode of the Mandalorian, also, um, and it's crazy how I mean we caught up with two two characters this season or this last two episodes that mm-hmm. um, shared the screen briefly um, in the live action Mandalorian show um, in, in season two. So um, Matthew Wood played him again. He was the voice of him um, in the show, and uh, we get a much younger Bib. Um, mm-hmm. This is about twenty years prior to Return of the Jedi, I would say, right? 18? 18 to 20 years? Yeah, because Endor was... Is that f- three years? Or four years after Battle of Yavin? I think it was three, right? Um, so yeah, 20, yeah. 20 22 20-ish. years. Somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, we had a much younger Bib trying to get a Rancor. Yeah. Um, Rancor for uh, Jabba. Uh, we didn't cover a whole lot of Moochie um, during our recap, other than it was the baby, well, the adolescent Rancor. Uh, Moochie was a female Rancor. That was not the Rancor that was killed in Return of the Jedi. Um, that was Patissa, for all of those nerds out there that need to know names of every creature in Star Wars universe. Uh, and he was a male uh, Rancor, and obviously a fully grown one. Yeah, I didn't even, I, I you know, you told me that before we, we jumped on the air, the air, yeah, jumped on the pod. I didn't even know he had a name. Yeah, you know what else, you know, know who else had a name? No. The 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 caregiver. Yeah, for the, the dude, the, the the guy without the shirt. The yeah, sh- the, yeah. The shirtless that, man. That was Malakili. Oh, okay. And uh, that comes from the word. Um, it's um, Hatiz for for friend. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, I had his action figure at one point in my life. Not like, not not one of these. Uh, no, it's one of the like the old school. One of the old like three and a half inch. Yeah tall ones oh yeah um pretty cool stuff though um and i mean a lot of people were like oh my gosh that's that's the rancor and a lot of people were like how did they introduce us to this sweet baby rancor that omega was riding and then we know what happens to that thing i saw so many tweets you know with the crying with the crying face emoji (laughs) just because they're like we we love moochie and then you know moochie ends up crushed no crushed by a door crushed crushed beneath the door (laughs) no i mean it's it's so i've um actually just started I decided to dive into the world of comics and I bought the high Republic, all the first five issues. And in, in that, uh, in the fifth issue, not to give away spoilers or anything like that, but there's a, there's a hut with a rancor and Gamorrean guards. So rancors are very, they're, they seem to be as, as, as common as like a household dog or a cat would be for, for the huts. So it's, it's kind of cool. It is. It is neat. I, I don't know how you. I would be interested to know where rancors come from. Do you raise them like, you know, Pokemon? You know, where they just, <laughs> you know, they have to fight to get stronger. Like, I, you know, do you put them in pits where it's sort of a, an attrition type thing, and you end up with an alpha? Like, I don't. You got the caregiver fella from Return of the Jedi, and maybe I need to do some some research into rancors and and touch base next episode but but that was yeah it's as you said the theory of moochie as you know return of the jedi rancors is 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 quashed pretty pretty soundly so it's a little crazy because they're actually in multiple places um but uh we do see them on dathomir we've seen them uh and this is in either the any place in the Star Wars galaxy. So we're talking in video games and 
Um, I think it's in the comics. Son of Dathomir uh, comic series with Maul and 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 and, and that one. Yeah. So um, Dathomir, uh, Felucia, and uh, obviously we've seen them on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty cool stuff. Um, there are three different subspecies of Rancor. Jeez. Uh, the Jungle Rancor, Rage Rancor, and Shadow Rancor. Pretty interesting. The Rage Rancor. I wonder. I wonder if that's. You know, the jungle rancor is going to be on Felucia because that's a jungle planet. Because um, that's where we see uh, uh, Ayla Secura in Revenge of the Sith with her team. Shadow rancor would make sense to have it on Dathomir. And Rage rancor would make sense to have that one on Tatooine. That would be cool. Yeah, I'm not sure where the Rage rancor. I know it was um, from um, Star Wars Commander. Is that a game? That is a game. Hmm. Yeah, it's. I think it's a mobile game. Yes, it is a mobile game. Interesting. Yeah. Um, from 2018? No, really state 2014, sorry. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so you've got, yeah, you've got the Rancor, you've got Bib. Um, and you got Fennec Shand. Mm-hmm. All from other parts of our great universe. And uh, that'll close out our new segment so hopefully you guys like that mm-hmm. if you guys have anyone you want to know about and like i said we'll dig into we'll try to pick a character out of every episode uh at least do our best to it kind of depends on what the episode gives us in some cases um but if not we might get uh just you know we might do a deep dive on a random character that we're like you know what let's just pick this one yeah and and maybe we can find a tie back to you know to somebody in the episode if it's not a direct character and be like oh hey so and so knows or is affiliated with with this person, and tie it in that way. If there's no direct relationship to to a specific episode, yeah, uh, but cool stuff though. And uh, we'll probably deep dive into those characters a little bit more. Um, just you know, we've got to fine tune things on the podcast here, mm-hmm. um, figure stuff out. Uh, did you want to talk about the High Republic at all? I know we we both picked up the issues. I haven't got a chance to read them yet. Um, if you want to dive in, that's fine. If not, if you want to save it, that's okay well, too. Well, I definitely don't want to spoil it for you because oh. I want you. To, I want you to. I I can do kind of a high level thing um, that will be spoiler free. Um, first of all, um, this is my first comic book that I've ever read. Um, so nerd, I know, I know. I I, I, <laughs> I posted about it on Twitter and I was like, I know, I know. Mock away. Um, so for me, the first issue was just trying to figure out how to read. A comic book. It's different. Because some go left to right. You know, some cells go left to right. Others go down the page, you know, all the way down left and then cut over all the way down right. And so I feel like the first <laughs> the first issue, which I splurged and I got a first print, first edition. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of jealous of that uh, one. Of, of, of number one with the original cover art. And it showed up in what I would perceive to be excellent condition. I mean, it could be like an eight. I don't know. But... I, I'm I am planning to <clears throat> to get it graded. Yeah, looking, uh, looking at those corners, dude. The corners are important, and, and the corners look really good. I mean, the corners are going to be just like it's it's going to be just like Pokemon cards, any other trading card. You know, look at your pop boxes. Basically, the edges. You know, is there whitening that sort of stuff? And and I kind of already did a quick once over, and it looks it looks quite mint. Um, <clears throat> and so, as far as collectibles go, it's pretty cheap. Um, I mean, it was only 20 bucks and so, which I know for a comic is expensive because comics themselves are four bucks, you know, three, yeah. three to $4. Um, but anyways, uh, so I spent the first issue basically learning how to read a comic book, uh, which kind of felt, felt goofy. Did you have to read it twice? I, I read, I did go, I kind of, so I'm a slow reader in general. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, I did, I did reread a couple things. Um, th- there were a couple issues where I found myself flipping back and going, wait, oh, oh, this is probably what's happening here. Um, and, and so, but yeah, I, I won't get into too much of the details. I mean, if you've, if you've done any sort of research into the High Republic books um, <clears throat> or anything like that, I mean, you might be uh, familiar with some of the characters um, as far as the new Jedi uh, or the new, yeah, well, you've got the, the new Jedi You've got your Padawan who you pick up with. But as far as the story goes, um, I find myself quite enjoying it. Um, similar to The Bad Batch, you've got some some issues that are like, eh, a little slower. 
uh, some that don't make a whole lot of like parts that don't make sense. But then I found myself with the last issue um, getting to the last page and I kind of had goosebumps because of how it progresses. And the fun thing, and, and maybe those of you who read a lot more than I do just in general, uh, I found myself giving them accents, you know, reading them how I would imagine. Well, you have to create a voice for them. Right. For so, character, yeah. so like um, the, there's a Trandoshan Jedi and so everything is a, you know, you know, a hissing, you know, and it's written that way too. So, you know, God bless Kevin, Kevin Scott for, you know, having to write. Well, I guess that's illustri- the illustrator doing the uh, physically writing it in, into the text bubbles and stuff like that. But because that has said, and it's it's not just the name. It's almost everything that he says is has a at the beginning of it. Um but I found myself giving voices to some of the characters. Like there's a, there's a little, um, uh, I don't even know what you call it, but like a, an imp that uh, uh, has has wings in in the first issue, and I found myself giving it like this really high pitched, annoying <laughs> sidekick voice, and uh, <laughs> and so you're reading through it, and you have this voice in the back of your head, and and, I, and I'm sure that's how you're meant to read it. Maybe I don't know. I assume you're supposed to give it voices to to make it interesting, but um, I, I actually pre-ordered uh, issue six and uh, issue one of the new War of the Bounty Hunters that's coming out in June. Uh, I pre-ordered them at uh, with Justin's Comics, um, who I know get shout-outs with the Galactic Dads, but I'll give him a shout-out here too. Um, He's a good guy. Super easy. I, I've only been to his store a couple times, and because uh, it's a little bit of a drive for me. It's, I mean, it's still a bit of a drive for you too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, uh, uh, he always does. I mean, he's been super nice every time I've been in there. Um. And then super helpful, and he's got good deals. Yeah. For the most part. So yeah. Exactly. So so I so I pre-ordered uh, issue six, which comes out on the thirtieth of June. So I have a whole month to wait. Which sucks, um, especially since they're relatively quick reads. And uh, but the thing I'm also excited about is, like I said, issue one of War of the Bounty Hunters, which I don't know if it ties into the existing one because I was on the website and I saw they're on issue fourteen. But this one, again, number one, and it's got Boba Fett on the cover uh, with with Slave One, and it looks awesome. So. Uh, I bought a couple issues of that because one of the one it's number one, um, and and so just in case it takes off, just right? just, just in, in case, case yeah. just in case, and then one to read, of course. Hey, by the way, that we're collectors here, so <laughs> and and just what I need, you know, don't tell my wife, but just just another thing I need to start collecting is comic books. So um, I did tell her it's a cheaper hobby than your Lego mini figs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it, much cheaper than action figures. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, except. If you get to the point of a comic that you're like, I have to have all these issues, that that gets expensive. Yeah, and and I don't just know. stick to modern. Well, and so <laughs> I I put it out there on Twitter. You know, when I posted uh, posted my photos of of the of the five issues that I bought, I said, Hey, you know, you got any recommendations? And a couple of people commented, which was nice. Um, but I in doing some research. I would be really interested in reading the Sons of Dathomir, Darth Maul, like that. That would be really cool. Um, I know that Star Wars itself has a, a vast history of comics. Um, the Vader comics would be cool to read, um, and then I also need to just dive in more into the novels. And I'd like to do that for the, for the for the pod, not just my own enjoyment, but also to provide um, additional content for for the podcast that. A majority of people probably aren't going to sit down and read. Exactly. You know, everyone's going to watch The Bad Batch. Everyone's going to watch all the movies, all the shows, etc. Which you know we want to provide content for. But I think print media is. Well, I know it's certainly the the forgotten media. Yeah, it's a little tougher to digest in some cases, and it's uh, time consuming. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the novels are um, obviously hundreds of pages long. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you have to find time and make time to read those things, and it's tough to do um, sometimes, especially when we're, everyone's used to getting info on new things and like a 20-minute like nutshell. Like, mm-hmm. hey, just break it down for me real quick. I just need the bullet points. Cool. And that's probably what we'll do with the book once we once we get through it. Um, uh, that way we, we, we can give you guys that 20-minute summary of what happened and how to keep up with 
people like Thrawn and mm-hmm. what he's up to these days right. in the galaxy and where he's at. So um, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, you know, there's we've talked about it before. There's there's such a a breadth of or a depth of um, you know characters, um, history, both legends and canon that is explored in the books and you know for the movies even the the movie novels explain a lot more because you can do so much more in, in a book as opposed to in two and a half hours on a screen yeah. um, just don't know. walk into like a used bookstore and go to the star wars section where it's bookcases as tall as my shelves of action figures <laughs> full of eu stuff because once you pick up one set of series you're gonna be like oh there's four more books that i need to read about this and there are a lot of of novels that are, I mean, really well-written stories. And um, now they're legends, but still, like, lots of content. Well, and, and I just saw today, um, it looks like, and maybe this is not new, I don't know, but it's new to me, that they're re-releasing um, some of the Legends books. So, like, Heir to, an Emp- Heir to the Empire is being re-released with a new cover and, and stuff like that. And I think there's... an I saw one other book, but I'm sure they're going to do it kind of as a rolling series where they're going to pick out some of the more popular Legends books, which I don't know to what extent Thrawn is Legends anymore versus canon. I mean, he's he's there. I don't know what his backstory, and that would be something I'd love to dive into going forward. But, um, you know, if you want to read about Thrawn, I think there's six or seven books now. I mean, you have you have yeah, the Thrawn trilogy, and then you have the two new ones that just came out, and then you have Heir to the Empire, Heir to the Empire, and I think there might be another one, and so, and all of those have Thrawn in it, so it's gonna be good. And and Tim Tim's on right small, and so it's all really well connected. So I I wish I need to find the time to to read those. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, well, that wraps comics and, and books. And books. Uh, nothing crazy in the video game world right now. Um, we're still anxiously waiting for any more announcements or teasers on any of the new Star Wars content coming for gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jedi Fallen Order 2 is supposed to come out next year. It is it? coming out next year along with, um, what was it? We're two years away from getting... Oh, the um, Ubisoft yes. uh, Star Wars open world Star open Wars world game. Open world Star Wars game, yeah. That'll be so, so good. Um, we're still waiting on more for that. Uh, very exciting stuff, obviously. Uh, we can't wait to get more of our Star Wars gaming in. Uh, and yeah, I mean, can't wait for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that'll wrap up the episode. You have anything else that'll be showing over there? Mm, nothing for me. Nothing from you. All right. Well, until next time, uh, give us a, a like on, uh, follow on Twitter, like on Instagram. Um, come check us out and yeah. talk to us. Yeah. Give us a follow or subscribe to us on, uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, if you, if you can rate us or um, yeah, if you can rate us, oh, even please, better. please do so. Uh, it really, it really helps out the podcast. And so, uh, yeah, until next time, may the force be with you. <laughs>